Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. What the fine time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's episode is our monthly news and reviews episode featuring my monthly co-hosts, John Wren and Travis Bennington. And this month, we're also going to be diving into our top five favorite horror films from the UK. Now, before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys that if you'd like to support the podcast and help it grow, you can do so over on Patreon for only $2 a month. The link for that is in the description. When you sign up, I'll also shoot you over some stickers. You'll get a shout out on an upcoming episode. And there's also a couple more perks for signing up as well. So go check that out. Make sure you go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. And just a quick shout out to John Mayo as well, who killed it on this brand new podcast artwork. I highly recommend hitting them up if you're looking for some artwork yourself. So, And just a quick heads up that when we recorded this episode, it was before Rob Zombie had announced that the Munsters film was not $40 million and that it was always going to Netflix and all that stuff. So uh, when we discussed the trailer and like our thoughts on it, at that time, everybody was still pretty much under the assumption that it was $40 million. Um, and that wasn't just us. That was pretty much everyone on the Internet. So just a heads up there before we get to that discussion. So nobody, you know, reaches out and he's like, Rob Zombie said this, you know, just let you guys know. Thank you guys so much. And without further ado, here's our monthly news and reviews episode. So I figure what we do this week is, you know, or this month, uh, I always I got to remember that you know, we're doing these monthly, but so this month I figured we would still do like news and reviews, of course, but we'll do like news quick and then we'll do the reviews a little bit differently before we jump into, you know, talking about our top five horror movies from the UK. So I kind of pulled an audible on you guys. I'll kind of talk about it in a second, but so I said we were going to talk about Scream 6 news first, but I figured we just touch on that very quickly because really the only news that I wanted to mention was Samara Weaving and Tony uh, Revol- uh, Revolori we're both cast. And I mean, other than just saying that, you know, I really enjoy them both and I can't wait to see, you know, between them being in it and it being in New York. I mean, those are two things that are really kind of uh, making me excited for it. That and the fact that they kind of have to ride away from, you know, Neff Campbell, at least like, so it seems right now. But um, do you guys have any like big comments on that really before we, I, uh, I love Samar weaving and I feel bad for her because I feel like she gets typecast against, uh, Margot Robbie. Like, I feel like she's going to lose a lot of roles to her. Yeah. So if she, so if she can get her niche into the horror community and become like a screen queen type thing, then I'm all for it. Uh, she's already got two under her belt that I really enjoyed the babysitter. And, um, was it hot? Not hot. It's not called hide and seek. What the hell is it called? Ready or not. Like ready movies, or not. Yeah. Yeah. Those movies roll. And mayhem. So, if you have, if you haven't seen mayhem, oh, yeah, yeah, check yeah, that out. Yeah. yeah. And mayhem. Sorry. So she has three, she has three great movies under her belt and she has that crazy movie with uh, Harry Potter. Uh, Guns of Kimbo. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. So, so if she's going to start doing that shit and just do fun like movies and do horror movies, then I'm, I'm all for it. And what yeah, about you, Charles? Same. Dude, right. that was the announcement that I was really excited about. Cause I also just love her. I've, really enjoyed like all the movies she's done recently the other one i saw was like dermot mulroney yeah which to me that kind of was like a bit of a bummer it like makes this movie feel because like he said something he was like talking about his role and how he's like close to ghost face and it might involve his daughter and this whole thing and i was just like man it feels 
like the writing on this one is kind of starting to lean toward that TV show Scream Queens yeah. with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, which I liked, but like I don't want to see Scream Six be like sitcommy, you know, like sitcom horror. So yeah. I, I don't know. I I think, but like when Samara Weaving got announced, that actually I was like gave it a little bit more credibility for me. So mm-hmm. I got excited about it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's cool that it's in a different location. I think New York is like a cool backdrop to it, but it could also be a detriment. Yeah, no, I definitely agree there. And uh, now it's Samara Weaving and Jennifer, uh, I always want to say Jennifer, but Jenna Ortega, both to me have like the top two screams and films in the past, like several years between Jenna uh, Ortega's and X when she sees, you know, the guy in the basement, spoiler, spoiler alert, but uh, yeah. uh, and then uh, Samara Weaving's ready or not, you know, when she jumps off the table and pulls a knife, you know, after getting stabbed in the arm and like pulls the knife out and like points it at the family and she just like yeah. bellows out a fucking scream. I mean, that and then mayhem when she's getting her ass beat by the dude, the uh, HR guy or whatever, you know, uh, she, she's just like <laughs> yeah. letting out these like whales that are just fucking insane every single one. And I'm like, it's crazy, yeah. like what her screams are in comparison to some of these people that like are literally like leading horror movies all the time and stuff. But Right. But so uh, the audible that I was talking about is I figured we would actually react to the monsters trailer, not like actually like watch it, but we could talk about that <laughs> a little bit. And uh, I'll actually go first on this one just because I know I'll probably be the lightest on it. So the only thing I just want to say about it before I pass it on to you guys is I hated the audio. Like the audio sounds horrible and I really didn't like Sherry Moon Zombie, but I kind of expected not to like her. So I just like I think that didn't really like hit as hard as like, you know, it wasn't like a because uh, I was already kind of expecting to not like it. But um, right. I actually didn't mind the look of it. I know a lot of people said it looks cheap. I think if the sound wasn't so cheap on top of it looking cheap, it might not be, you know, like the two and two together kind of suck. And then the quick editing is something I just don't like anyways, where it's just sped up scenes. So, um, right. Uh, I don't know. Like, of course, I'm happy that's going to be on Netflix. I don't got to spend money to go watch it, but I don't hate it as much as the world does, but I'm definitely slightly disappointed. But uh, whichever one you guys want to go first, you can jump in on this one. Uh, so I, I have to preface, I'm a huge Rob Zombie apologist, but like for mostly for his music and whatnot, um, <laughs> I can't really defend his movies that much, like other than like the devil's rejects. Like that's the only movie I think he did that was like legitimately great. Um, yeah. but I still like every time that he puts out a movie, I'm like, this is going <clears> to <throat> be it. This is going to be the one, this is the fucking guy that like lives and breathes horror movies, like his whole entire life. Like I'm like, he's finally going to fucking do it. And I figured that the monsters going like PG was going to be like his thing. And then I saw that, or this might be like, oh, I can get away from all the weird exploitation, like just over the top cursing and violence. Like maybe he needs to get rid of that to like make a good movie. Yeah. And then I saw this trailer and I'm like, God damn it. Like it's supposed to be his most expensive film. I heard that it cost $40 million or something like that to make this film. And they flew to Budapest to like save money. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the fuck that money went because I looked at this trailer and like this, all the sets look like they're inside. There's not much outside. So I don't even know why the hell they went to Budapest. Like they could have, there's a studio literally down the street from me. They could have just fucking shot there. Yeah. Um, They, it just looks, it looks, it doesn't look like $40 million. It looks like a Hulu series. It looks like they took a lot of set designs from uh, what we do in the shadows, the show and like put the monsters in there. There's a few things I do like. I know that Rob said in a trail in a in an interview that he wasn't allowed to do black and white because everyone's like, "Oh, are you going to do it in black and white?" And he's like, "I fucking wish." Yeah. He's like, "I really wanted to do it in black and white." The studio said no, so he went with these like hyper colors. 
And I think the like look of the, like the characters being like these really fucking vibrant colors was a good good idea if you can't go black and white. Yeah. I think some of the based on what I've seen in the trailer, everyone that's not Sherry Moon seems pretty decent in their weirdo roles because I don't know if you remember the if you ever watched the monsters, the monsters wasn't their best acted show. It was all fucking goofy. Yeah. I think every I think yeah. everyone looks goofy, but I think she looks stiff. Her weird accent as Lily like doesn't fucking work. And as you said, the sound editing, at least in that trailer, is trash. Yeah. So like everything about like I'm just like, man, it looks real like it looks hokey, which I'm glad, but it looks really fucking cheap. And I'm like, I- I'm like disappointed. I-, I can't, I'm gonna watch it. I'm totally gonna fucking watch this thing, but it I'm not like going into it with the best of uh expectations. Yeah. What about you, Travis? I uh I mean we've talked about this. Fucking I think Rob Zombie's uh fucking he biffs it almost every fucking time for me. Yeah. Uh I mean I, I agree with, with Ren that like fucking Devil's Rejects to me is fucking incredible. I think he really hit the mark on that. But beyond that, like I haven't enjoyed anything he's done. Yeah. And I went into this expecting it to be no different. And then I saw the trailer and I really was just like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like I kept thinking it was just a goof and like, like I get like, like I grew up watching the monsters. I love the monsters. And I was like, okay, it's hokey. It's going to be like silly. And I get that. But this just looks like they went too far with yeah. that. It's, it's like they went too far into the gimmick and it just, it kind of just looks dumb and it's like, and not in like a fun way. So, and, and I mean, Sherry Moon zombie is uh, she's terrible and my theory on that is that like Rob just puts his wife in all of his like fucking childhood horror fantasies and then this is just like his spank bank material and that's like what he does with fucking everything because she's pretty fucking terrible across the board she's like super rigid in everything she does Uh, when I watched the trailer Man, it kind of bummed out my whole day, honestly. I just was like, man, this sucks. Like, I'm I like I'll watch it. I've watched worse. So like there's definitely shit out there that's that's worse than this. But I, I'm just like, why do why do they keep giving this guy fucking money to like just eat shit on these things? Yeah. You know? But like Ren was saying, I know like I was reading that same interview where like he was talking about how they wouldn't let him do black and white i do think his choice in opposition of that is cool and it's like with everything he's done how much of of it gets pulled out from underneath him because of the studios and then you end up with like what this thing is that i'm hating on so i'm trying to just at least like be fair and i don't want to like shit on it completely because it could be it could be great uh like you said i think it's cool that it's going to be on netflix and i don't have to spend money for it that's a big thing for me. I yeah. don't want to spend money on that, but I don't know. It'll be okay, I'm sure. Yeah, and then the, the lack of the casting of Herman Munster, I mean, uh, Eddie Munster kind of gave that away early that the story was going to be more of like, a, in Lily, was going to be like more of like an origin story of them coming together, probably ending with them being pregnant or, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, yeah. but um, but no, I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, but I mean, I'm and I'm even one that likes more zombie movies. And, you know, you guys like I like all I like the whole trilogy, the Firefly trilogy. Of course, Three from Hell is more of like fan service than it is like a good film. But I do enjoy both of the first two. And then 31 is one of those films I don't really 
like when I left the theater, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that kind of sucked. But rewatching it, I can still have fun with it. But it's like kind of having fun with like a B-rated 80s horror movie, you know, like a slasher. From, right. Um, and then yeah. Lords of Salem, like uh, after I realized that it was just him trying to remake his own Suspiria, I was like, I can kind of get with it. But it still wasn't like, I don't know, it still wouldn't say it's like a great movie or anything. But uh, so like I, you know, and then Halloween are a whole different story. But no, I am. Um, so I wouldn't say my expectations were higher going into this, but uh, it was just very disappointing to see that. Uh, like you guys said, it's like knowing the budget he had and then all the behind the scenes stuff that we did see kind of like showed that the look was going to be there. But uh, I don't know. Her voice is just uh, it just sucks that she's front row center because that's the pro- that's the biggest problem is that she's not only in the movie, but she's front row center the whole time. So it's like it's hard to tune her out. You know what I mean? So, yep. And like I feel like she's going to be she's going to be the lead. Like Herman's not going to be the lead of this film. Yeah. No. So, but uh, they did cast an Eddie Munster, but they don't know. They haven't. I don't, it could just be some kid actor. Like they could, he might not even show up until the very end. Yeah. I know that, I know that Butch Patrick was cast in, in the movie, like the actual Eddie Munster's in it, but I don't know what he's playing. I think he's the robot man. So like we won't even be able that's, to recognize him, but that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, so the next bit of uh, news is kind of a, at least to me, I feel like this is kind of a more of a high note, but I'll let you guys actually <laughs> like speak on it a little bit first. But uh, the casting for the Furiosa prequel. Uh, they announced that it was, you know, this has been announced for a little bit now, but we just haven't done an episode. But, uh, you know, I know that we're all fans of, you know, Mad Max in a sense. I, I really enjoyed Fury Road. I don't know how you guys felt about Fury Road. Personally, I figured you guys probably liked it because most people did. But uh, anyways, Anya Taylor-Joy playing Furiosa and then Chris Hemsworth playing a young Morton Joe. How do you guys feel about that? And uh, uh, Travis, I'll let you go with this one first since you went to the Mad Max cool. thing and everything. So I'll lead with the fact that I think that the first three movies are maybe three of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Fury Road is great. It's like its own standalone thing. So I like that they're pursuing Furiosa and they're treating Fury Road as like the transition into like breaking away from like Mad Max as we knew it with Mel Gibson and focusing on like a different set of characters and in like a the similar timeline and I, I i dig that i think it's cool and i i think the casting's cool i like anna taylor joy i think she's fucking great chris hemsworth is really he surprises me you know because like i think with all the marvel movie stuff i just kind of was like i wrote him off but then uh i see him in other stuff and i really enjoy it like he just did that movie with um ah oh, man i can't think of it it's it's on netflix i just watched it Spiderhead, uh, I think is what's called. Yeah, Spiderhead. Yeah. And I thought that was like great. And I thought he did a good job with that character. Hmm. So I think it's cool that he's like gonna play like a young Morton Joe. And uh and some of the other cast announcements that they've made, because there haven't been many, all look really cool. And I think like I like that they brought back like that big guy that's just like uh a Morton Joe's fucking sidekick yeah. in uh Fury Road. They like they're bringing him back. So, like, I think it's cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I like that they didn't – I know they talked about bringing in Charlize Theron and then doing, like, age correction on her. Yeah. And, like, to bring her – you know, make her younger. I'm glad that they decided against that. I I think that that's just, like – I mean, like, George Miller does all those – like, a shit ton of practical effects and, like, builds all that shit. I think that kind of goes against, like, what he does. Yeah. So, like, I'm glad that they chose to just cast somebody outright. 
but I also like that like she's taken on the character of Furiosa as like her own and not trying to recreate it. You know, like she was talking in an interview about how she's like, I can't be Charlize Theron. So I got to like do my own thing with it. So I think it, it has, I think it has legs. I think it has life. All the set builds that they're like leaking photos of look fucking crazy as you would expect. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. Oh yeah. What about you, John? I'm uh, way into it. Uh, I thought Fury Road was like, uh, like watching an opera like a visual like opera like that movie was yeah. uh, as close to perfect like why that didn't win way more awards um i don't understand why like i thought that movie was legitimately like incredible to compare it to the original mad maxes is kind of weird because the like i love the original mad maxes they're a lot of fun but i felt like what miller did with fury wrote like i felt like he tried to make like his magnum opus like he tried to make this like amazing yeah. like across the board like not just an action like wasteland movie like he tried to do something more with it and i think it showed i think he perfected his craft after years with fear with fury road so like if i don't care what the fuck the next mad max movie was going to be yeah. i was in for i was in for it after seeing fury road i had doubts going in because i was like man it's been so long is he really going to be able to like capture that magic and i think he like exceeded it it's not the movie I watched the most, but Beyond Thunder or Thunder is the one I watched the most. But the uh, I think that's his best movie. So, but as far as doing like the prequel stuff, I'm like there's part of me that like hates the idea of like, oh, we're gonna introduce these characters now, we're gonna introduce their origin. Like I hate prequel. I hate the idea of prequels. Just show me the prequel first, yeah. and then give me the next yeah. movie. But I like I like Anya Taylor Joy. I think it's good that she's not gonna be Charlize. She's going to be a younger Furioso, probably goes, makes more mistakes, probably, you know, handles things differently. She's not, you know, weathered like Charlize Theron's character was. And I like Chris Hemsworth playing a bad guy. Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Thor. I love his, like, those types of characters that he plays, but I'm ready to see him play something different. Like, let play the bad guy. Yeah. So like so I'm I'm really into the casting. Uh I saw only saw like two set photos. It looks exactly as what I expected. It's fun, like, you know, craziness in the desert. So like I'm 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 here for it. Like as soon as they they don't I don't even need to see a trailer. Just tell me when it's fucking coming out and I'll just go see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely stoked on it for sure. And uh to kind of comment on what you were saying, uh Travis, uh I definitely could see why they would move on from the CGI like uh you know, DH and fucking uh Charlie's Theron just because of the fact, you know, with all the sand and stuff blowing around and all that. And it'd probably be I can see where that'd be like more difficult than you know, like in a film where you don't have to deal with something like that. But uh like the post apocalyptic world or whatever. Plus it's just like uh that's a lot of money spent already on an actress like Sherry, uh, Charlize Theron. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be tied yeah. into like the Marvel universe, but this is just a sequel that's kind of, kind of starting to have this. Uh, luckily, it's coming together now because I feel like it's starting to have the same thing that like John was saying about this last one, where it was like if they got too far away from Fury Road, where people would people care about you know Furiosa? But um, luckily, I feel like they attached two people at the right time that are like at a height of the career um now that they haven't been like already around and established but like especially now you know everybody knows Anya taylor joy and uh, chris hemsworth and uh i'm with you i can't wait to see him as a villain and i can't wait for all the memes saying that him as a morton joe looks like how gore should have looked in thor <laughs> so <laughs> i know that's exactly what people are going to be saying just because of the long flowing hair and how wild and shit they'll probably make him look but um do y'all got any more uh, comments on this before we move on to the uh last little bit of news that we're going to cover oh yeah so this one is probably my favorite thing that we're going to cover. And uh, this is a headline from Deadline.com, and it's Nicolas Cage's vodka-loving dragon series, High Fire, in the works at Paramount Plus, uh, moves from Amazon. 
a lot of people are saying this is true detective meets peach dragon and uh so this is pretty much the uh entire synopsis so it's gonna take me a second to read it all but uh i'm gonna just go and spew it out and i'll let you guys like comment on it afterwards but uh so the genre bending live action series high fire is a gritty crime thriller with doses of magical realism a central character, High Fire, is played by Nicholas Cage, well, voiced by Nicholas Cage, is a vodka drinking, flash dance loving dragon who lives in isolated existence in the bayous of Louisiana. Once upon a time, dragons ruled the earth, and Lord High Fire ruled the dragons from his eyrie. But this is not once upon a time. This is now, and now all Lord High Fire's Lord High Fire rules is his shack in Louisiana's Honey Island Swamp. High Fire has become plain old Vern, and by day he hides out among the alligators watches cable TV and drinks obscene amounts of vodka to pass the time. It isn't much of a life, but he's alive to live it. And Vern is prepared to do whatever it takes, even if it's violent to preserve his own hide. When Vern's world collides with a human teen named Squib, who becomes mixed up in some trouble while running booze for the local mob, their mutual struggle for survival becomes entangled in the most unlikely of friendships. So that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, I'll let uh, John take this one first. And so, so, it so this first. just like literally like Pete's dragon. And it's like, like, live action and there's just a random fucking cartoon like dragon in the middle of it that's like drunk as hell and it's voiced by Nick Cage like, I'm going to watch it and I don't even care I don't even care what they do like every episode could be them just doing like zany activities like but if it's like fucking crazy like Peach Dragon like Peach Dragon was made by someone who was high as fuck yeah. like, wow. like back, back in the day and like watching that show like I watched it when I was a kid and if they're going to do like a basically like a demented version of that like now like yeah fuck it i'll watch it like nick cage shit like nick cage is so like his career right now is so fucking like off the wall like batshit crazy that i'll watch everything just because i like need to see it yeah like, i just need to see like what is next so i'm in i'm into it like i like that that synopsis is too, too much for me just saying that nick cage plays a fucking cartoon in the real world like that's enough that's all i needed Fuck you. Yeah. Now, I hope, hope you burps like Morty, uh, like uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. But uh, yeah. what about you, Travis? <laughs> I mean, we know that this is a household of fucking Nicolas Cage worship. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, as soon as I saw that headline, I was me and Laura were both fucking stoked. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it it's like super dark, you know, like fucking True Detective. Like, yeah, that'd be cool if they like really made it dark, but then had a drunk cartoon fucking voiced by Nick Cage dragon just fucking hanging out there in this like really heavy shit. I, I dude, I need it. I, I mean, I don't care if it was, I, I don't, dark. I don't care if it was super dark, like the show was super dark, but he, yeah. his character wasn't, I would yeah. fucking piss myself laughing every episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's like what I need, man. It's like, I mean, I think too, it's crazy because what was it like fucking Willy's Wonderland or whatever fucking, or he doesn't say a single word. He grunts a couple film. times. Yeah. He grunts a couple yeah. times. <laughs> you know, it's like, I watched that entire movie. It was, I've, I've watched it three times actually. It's, I loved it. So I don't need much from him. I just need him to like fucking deliver. And he always does. So I think that him being like over the top while it's like really dark, I, it's exactly what I fucking need. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree 100%. That's one thing that I'm hoping for, too, is like a serious, like a, I want it to take itself serious, but like the humor just come pretty much naturally from the fact that he's a drunk dragon yeah. that happens to be like doing uh, shit in real life. But no, nah, it'd be funny as fuck for sure. But 
And I'm excited to see like, uh, you know, just how it looks in general, you know, just because like uh, you never know, you know, when they mix live action and animation, you never really know what route they're yeah. going to go and shit like that. So, yep. oh, yeah. So uh, any news things that you guys like wanted to touch on real quick or anything like that before we jump forward to, you know, just quick reviews before our top five. You yeah, the, only, the only thing I can say is, is that Resident Evil show on fucking Netflix is trash. Yeah, and, I'm not even giving it a chance. Yeah. So I, I watched the first episode and that's so I read a review and it was like, oh, this is the most faithful adaptation like of all the and I was like, it can't be. I'm like the most faithful adaptation that they did was Welcome to Raccoon City, and that's sh- and that movie was terrible. Yeah. So I watched the first episode. It is barely connected. Every character is insufferable. I hope they all die in the second episode. I won't even know because I'm not going to watch it. It's yeah. it's a really. And then I read. I just listened to a review, like a real in depth review of it, and I'm like, oh, so it really doesn't get any better. And at the very end of the of the season, apparently one character that's related to Resident Evil. I won't do the spoiler tells two other characters who were introduced in the show to go look, go, go find this other character before they like die. They're like, go. F-. And it's like this big, like, okay, now it's like really in the world. It takes like till the last like 10 minutes of the show to be like, Oh, you're yeah. really, you're really connected to the resident evil world. And I'm right. like, that's stupid. It's yeah. So that's the only thing I want to say in regards to like anything new is don't watch the resident evil series. Cause it's stupid. Yeah, I, I got an episode in and uh I was good. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was like, yeah, I mean, I think if it wasn't Resident Evil, maybe it would make it better, but like yeah, I wasn't into it. I let it play in the background for a while and nothing that I even heard made it interesting to me. So I'm curious if like if if Resident Evil is falling into that like Hellraiser property, like like that IP, because there's like three or four Hellraisers, like, after, like, Inferno. I think it's, like, six, yeah. seven, and eight. Like, whatever six, seven, and eight are called. Yeah. All three of those films were, like, other films that they had, like, a story for, but, like, wasn't good yeah. enough to sell. So someone, like, went back and did, like, a rewrite and, like, added Pinhead and the Cenobites, and they were able yeah. to sell it as a, a Hellraiser yeah. movie. And I'm wondering if there's, like, all these, like, entities out there, and they're like, ah, fuck it, just slap Resident Evil on it. And it's, like, right. yeah. <laughs> No, no, exactly what you mean. That's uh, I actually enjoyed Welcome to Raccoon City, but only because it like felt campy and shit like that. Like it almost felt like a campy zombie movie where like it didn't like not in a good way. You know what I mean? Like kind of like how I enjoyed uh, Texas Chainsaw 2022. Like I enjoyed the movie, but it doesn't make it good type of thing. I, I think I think what Raccoon City did was it gave if Raccoon City came out in 2002 instead of the Mila Jovovich version that we got in 2002. Yeah. I would feel a lot better about Raccoon City today in 2022 about that movie because we would have gotten exactly what we wanted. Everyone wanted just right. give me the goddamn mansion and yeah. give me give me that first zombie look back. Give me and then yep. you know or give me two, one of the two. I mean, they smashed both of them into the one movie, but like yep. we got all the scenes from the movie or from the games that we wanted. And that's really all that movie was. It was just a fucking collection, of, it was a compilation of scenes from the game. Yeah with like a shitty plot through it. So I think what Raccoon City did was they finally gave us the thing we've been asking for for 20 years, just 20 years too late. And yeah, for work. sure. No, no, exactly what you yeah. mean. But, but uh, uh, so before we dive into our top five uh, UK horror films, uh, we'll do our reviews, like a quick version this time, instead of going around and just saying like a horror movie and then all chatting about it and stuff like that. What we can do is we can each take a turn and just kind of say like two or three movies, like Travis, if you want to go first, uh, I'll let you go first and then John and then I'll go last. 
what uh, you can do is just say like uh, two or three films you might have watched over the past month or two that you recommend and that you enjoyed. If you just want to say a few things about them or whatever, like just go back to back, whatever. And then, John, if, right. if you want to yeah. like, uh, you know, of course, if you want to you know, comment about anything you said, you know, he mentioned real quick before saying your few or whatever. And then I'll do the same when it gets to me. But I'm going to so I'm going to say men. That's one okay. I, I've seen it fucking three times now. And uh, I just I keep enjoying it. And uh, it's fucking weird. And I like how weird it is. I like that the last time I saw it in this like really small theater and it got to the end where it gets super weird and everybody fucking bummed out. Literally like the girl sitting in front of us, like shielded herself from it. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. You know, like that's not that was like never my reaction to it. I was just like, that's cool, man. That's cool that that like she got stuck with that. So I really enjoyed men. Uh, I know we've kind of like talked around it a couple of times and it's been out for a while, but like, I like it. So I keep talking about it. Uh, I did see dash cam, yeah. which was awesome. Laura and I both really, really liked it. It was not at all the movie I thought it was going to be. So that was two thumbs up for me. And then I, I recently just saw this movie. It's from 2016 and it kind of, it kind of honks, but I really enjoyed it. It's like, it's funny as shit. It's called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harkin. I think it's on like Shudder right now. It's so stupid, man. I think the three of us could have made this movie like in my backyard. uh, (laughs) But it, dude, it's it was just really funny and it was like campy in all the right ways. It felt kind of like Evil Dead 2 or something. So uh, I just, as something that came out a few years ago that flew under the radar, I just got to throw that out there. Fuck yeah. I wrote that down so I could check that shit out for sure. <laughs> but uh, what about you, John? Uh, the two new films I haven't seen men yet. We've talked about like Travis just said, like we've talked about it, like a hundred times and like but yeah. around it because none of us had seen it. I tried to yeah. order it on Prime the other day, but apparently you gotta go to like the Prime website and order it before you can actually like watch weird. it. Yeah, so yeah, it's some weird. Yeah, they... And I was like, and I just gave up. I was frustrated, so I watched like you know something old. Yeah, um, fuck Prime yeah. for that shit. Though. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it from the app anymore. You have to go to the website on like a browser and order it, yeah. and then you could go watch on your app. Because uh, I've bought Encino Man the other night because my wife had never seen it, so I was like, <laughs> but, but uh, the two new films I saw, there I saw the Black Phone, which was okay. uh, oh yeah, which surprised me a lot. Like I figured I was going to enjoy it. It looked interesting enough. I mean, obviously, it got me to go out to the theaters. Uh, basically, opening weekend. I don't go see movies on Friday or Saturday night anymore. Like if I, if I can't see it in the afternoon or in the morning, like I don't fuck around with the opening Friday and Saturday night, yeah. but black, black right. phone and intri- black phone intrigued me enough to like go out on a Saturday night, like at eight o'clock, like when it was packed, mm-hmm. I loved it. I think uh, e- Ethan Hawke deciding to play the bad guy was a really good like career choice for him. Yep. There's subtle things in that movie that really like got me like, he, so he always has this voice on and at one point, like his brother, I think it is, like says something and he like turns off like the character. And he's like, it was just a dog barking. And he like, and I was like, holy shit, like that really like creeped me out. That and when um there's like a scene where he's like not wearing his mask and he like loses his mind, that like really yeah. like fucking like I was like, this is fucking good. Um yeah. it, it was a simple ghost story. It reminded me like there was like a few other movies that like I was feeling. It it gave me the vibe of that. Um Oh shit! It was like the uh, it was the movie that was like based in Phoenixville. I can't remember the name of it now. Mark Wahlberg was in it like a few years ago. Lovely Bones. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. like gave me like a little bit of Lovely Bones like vibes. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously, way different movie, but like there was like that tonally, it felt really uh, the same. And there's some similarities with like the ghosts 
talking and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that movie was great. Like that's that jumped like high up into my list of like favorite movies of the year. Oh, yeah. um, and another movie that didn't didn't quite hit my expectations was um, Crimes of the Future. Like I, I thought that movie was Cronenberg at Cronenberg's like it was his most like on brand film. And I got what he was trying to say about like you know, looking at the future, like how we're destroying the planet, like how we're going to have to evolve if we want to like keep surviving. Like I got all that stuff, but like, I don't, I feel like it missed the mark on a lot of things. Like by the end of the film, I was kind of starting to get a little bit bored. And when the, and then, and then when they, when you get like the excellent, when you get the like, holy shit moment, like, Oh, that's what it was the whole time. It was kind of a dud, but I, I like enjoyed it. I thought the, like, you know, Cronenberg's Cronenberg with his body horror. So all the visuals were like grotesque. It was like over the top, like SM sexually, which is like shit that he does. Um, I still recommend it for anyone that's like a Cronenberg fan because it's his like return to like the whole, the, his whole like genre. But it, it, if you're like looking for like Cronenberg at like, you, you're probably better off like going to watch one of his older films. Like if you want to really experience him. But I, I, I don't know. Like that was. I thought it was going to be a lot better. I thought it was going to be like, you know, my favorite film of the year. And it, it just, it didn't, it was good, but didn't hit that mark. Yeah. No, what's, uh, what's crazy for me is Crimes of the Future to me has jumped up. I feel like it's going to be in my top three of the year, but honestly, I feel like uh, uh, it fits more like a, like it felt more like a Brandon Cronenberg film. And I know that's weird saying it. Cause you know, obviously Brandon's like, obviously like a product of his dad, but it just felt more like, you know, like possessor in the way of like, uh, which I know, like, uh, obviously, David Cronenberg has a way of dropping you into like a world and stuff like that. That's, you know, very unique and stuff like that. But I feel like his worlds are also still very like grounded in reality, usually. So where this one, I feel like just feels like such like it feels like Earth, like feels like a whole multiverse or not like, a, you know, just because of that's the word used a lot now, but it just feels like a whole different like uh like a whole different history and everything, you know, like not just like the future being different. It feels like they have a different history and you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah. that's one reason I, I really enjoyed it, but I definitely see what you mean. And uh, I definitely felt a little bored towards the end. So that's why I say it's like in my top three right now, but I feel like maybe watching it later in the year, if I, f- after like taking away that, like all of like being, you know, like everything in the movie, you know, like being practical and being like crazy looking and like being just like, you know, uh, intriguing in ways, you know, I don't know if it'll quite uh, hit the same, you know, later in the year, but uh, as of right now, it's up there for me, but uh, I enjoyed men a a lot as well, but, and then black phone probably even more than uh, both of them. But the one thing I really loved about crimes of the future was that chair he had that was just bumping on him. as he tried to eat. Like when that first happened, Laura and I both just laughed hysterically. (laughs) And I was like, this is such a serious movie, but the chair was just like bumping him. It didn't make any fucking sense. I was just like, the fuck is happening? And I was like, you know, you watch the movie and you get it. It's like, whatever. But I was just like, what did the chair need to like be like beating on these people? Like, I didn't, eh, whatever. But it was like hilarious to look at. That's how I felt when he was like trying to massage the food down his throat. When he's like, <laughs> like I was yeah. like, yeah, dude, like, bro, like <laughs> this is se- a little sexual. What's your man? Cronenberg is, but Morton sent go that way. <laughs> all those, all those devices though, looked like, the sculptures from Beetlejuice. Like I feel like Lydia yeah. Dietz, I feel like Lydia Dietz like designed all those. Yeah. <laughs> now, like I said, I think it might have been one of those. Like it had been a while since I watched anything with substance. Yeah. Like it had been like slasher after slasher after Tetsuo right. maybe after you know like just wild shit. So uh, like the sadness and shit had been you know stuff yeah. like that is what I've been watching. So and then even men, you know, is just you know crazy in a different way. But so seeing Crimes, of the, I actually watched Crimes of the Future before I saw Men. So, um, but those two, I actually watched like the same weekend or whatever, but 
no, I really uh, enjoyed Crabs of the Future. But like I said, on the second watch, it might not hit quite the same. Um, so I'm going to definitely not say it's like, I'm saying right now it's probably like top five, but that definitely has the ability to go down for sure. But but the uh, other films that I wanted to mention that I saw, I did like Dashcam a lot, by the way. But I, uh, I just want to mention this film called The Innocence, which I really enjoyed, which is, I think oh, it yeah. was like a French film. I can't remember if it was French or what it was, yeah. but it was pretty much about these kids with superpowers. And it was um, basically like uh, like the way I was I mentioned it to you guys was like if A24 did Brightburn, it's just very like unique. And um, I don't know, like the horror and it was very like it was more very dreadful, you know, like I had like the atmosphere of like a good night mommy or like something like that instead of like the atmosphere of like a uh, of like Brightburn, you know, or um, I'm, I'm into that, though. Like I'm into like uh, yeah. that that vibe like that. That's like what I'm into is like this like constant dread like 90 minutes of feeling like i want to like jump off a bridge like i like <laughs> i like that so like so if that's what that's like like i'm gonna bump that up like high into my list of like things i need to see yeah, yeah. now one of the main characters is a special needs girl so that always has you kind of feeling like extra like like worried about her you know what i mean like what are they gonna do to her type thing you know what i mean but yeah so uh but uh and then there's also this film hatching which is also another foreign film now this film literally might be number one or two for me of the year like i just loved this movie it was pretty much i don't know why but it's pretty much about a a, a very hyper reality style like family that uh the mom's like an influencer who like lives her life through social media and then tries to live her life through a daughter who's a dancer and it's about a dad who pretty much just funds it all and doesn't give a shit and then the son who's just a tyrant and uh, pretty much the daughter finds an egg in the woods and hatches it. And it's a creature and that just slowly, you know, evolves into something. And uh, without, you know, I don't want to go any more into the story because it's definitely one that I would like highly recommend. Uh, like I said, it's top two for me right now in the year. I think the only other movie I liked more this year right now is X. And it's just like X I liked in a fun way, not as much as like a great film way, you know, but uh, yeah. so uh, no hatching for me was just it was fucking insane i feel like all the acting in it was pretty decent considering it was like a bunch of no-name people i mean it's another foreign movie so i mean they might be no name to me and not to people you know from that uh country but that one's really good and then i just want to mention one last film because it just recently dropped it's an old one but it dropped on shutter it's called bloody hell and it's literally a horror action comedy and i fucking loved that film so much i actually showed it to my wife the other night and she doesn't really like horror movies or anything like that. And she stayed up till one to like one a.m. to watch it. And she usually goes to bed at like nine p.m. So that's cool though. Yeah. But uh, th that's pretty much about a guy who stops a bank robbery but murders the entire uh, group of bank robbers while doing it. So he gets sent to prison for eight years. And when he comes out, he decides to take a trip to uh, Helsinki. And when he goes there, he gets uh, or Helsinki, Finland. And um, when he gets well, obviously, but when he gets there, he. Uh, gets kidnapped by a family of cannibals so wow. like the, then that's cool. like that's like the first 20 minutes of the movie so <laughs> that's awesome and it just keeps spiraling from there but the hatching keeps popping up as like a suggested movie that and the, the i guess it's new it's called the watcher those two films yeah. like i can't like i can't escape yeah. them and they i always forget which one's which but they always keep coming up as uh suggested films so i'll have to put the hatching and the innocence uh yeah up, up to the front yeah, both of those cost money, and Bloody Hell's free on Shutter though. So if you end up catching yourself in a fun mood, if, if, if they're if they're if they're if they're recommended, I don't care about paying the money. If you came if you came and was like, "Yo, these movies suck," then yeah. I'm not gonna buy. Then I'm totally not paying for it. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I definitely recommend both of them. I paid for both of them myself, and I didn't. You know, I wasn't bummed at all with either uh, purchase. So but, uh, yeah, the hatching's in my in my queue. I just haven't gotten to it. It looks great. I mean, the trailer looks good. It looks interesting. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I keep circling it. 
I did see Watcher, and uh, I thought it was pretty decent. You yeah. know, it's like that same old like rear window type of premise, but it was good. It was a different twist, I guess, a little bit, which was cool. Yeah. That's pretty much what I keep hearing about it was that it's really good. It just takes like you gotta be into the slow burn because it takes till the end to really like yeah. kick you in the ass type thing. Well, also like the actress Micah Monroe that uh is in that she was in a follows and the guest. Yes. Uh, yeah. so that I was like, oh cool. Like I'm glad she's still like putting because I think the last thing I saw her in was like Independence Day 2. <laughs> and um I was like, I was like, oh, I hope that doesn't fucking derail her career. But um but I'm glad that she's like back doing like weird indie films again because I think she, yeah. I think she fits well in those uh, those films. Did you ever see uh, villains sure. that she did with? Uh... Oh yeah, 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 that movie was fucking weird as shit. Yeah, I love that. Bill Skarsgård <laughs> and then that other I, the other dude I yeah. can't remember his name, but nah. Uh, so no, yeah, but I've been getting back into like old shit, man. I watched Death Race yesterday, and I was like, dude, this movie rocks. So fucking good. That's like uh same. I went through and like for uh last week it was like four nights in a row. I went through and showed like my wife a different movie she had never seen. Um, the first yeah. two nights was Joe Pesci nights because I showed her my cousin Vinny, and then the next night I was <laughs> like, when it, now we got to watch Goodfellas. So we watched Goodfellas, and then um just the other night we did a double feature night where she picked a movie, I picked one. We watched Now and Then and fucking Encino Man, and then uh, ended up showing her the other movie I showed her uh, the third one because the fourth night was the double feature but the, the night before that was uh uh the whole nine yards with bruce willis and matthew perry and oh, that's like awesome that. so i <laughs> love that movie i actually like the fucking sequel too or yeah yeah sequel whole 10 yeah. yeah whole 10 it's uh it's great no nah, and i uh i've been kind of on a kick of old shit as well i was looking for robocop streaming somewhere but it's not really streaming anywhere and it's like one of the only movies i don't have of course on blu-ray but hell yeah we where the, that's weird where does not streaming like, no, I feel like it's one of those that always was until I wanted to fucking watch it. But yeah, or if uh, one of the networks is like pumping it, pushing the uh, the remake. I feel like if you ever like pay attention, like the streaming services, like weird streaming services pull movies depending upon what like other thing is showing something else. Yeah, because every yeah. time I'm like, I'll see like a like a new movie will come out or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, like like for instance, like Evil Dead Rise. When that movie comes out, you won't be able to find Evil Dead like yeah. on any of the streaming right. services like anywhere. Makes sense because they just announced the Robocop game. So that's probably why they pulled it all. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to watch it. So now they got paid for it. Yeah. They literally just announced the game and showed gameplay. So that's probably exactly what it was. That, but that makes sense because I know exactly what you mean. They did that with the, uh, uh, which was surprising that they didn't. I thought that they would do that with Top Gun, but that shit was everywhere when Top Gun was com- Maverick was coming out. But I think at that point, they just wanted to push people to the theater to see it as hard as possible. So they're like, if they can't watch the pre, they can't watch the first one, then, you know, they won't go see it. But yeah, that movie made like a gazillion dollars. So whatever. Yeah. No, definitely. Then Mickey Rourke comes out and is like, "Yeah, Tom Cruise is one dimensional." I'm like, "Yo, Tom Cruise is fucking like out of his mind." But like, <laughs> he's definitely not for 35 years by just the same character. Like, all right. And even then, it's like, even if he did, it's like his characters made more, made more way yeah, more money than did. any of yours has. So like, yeah, fuck I'm gonna go see every yeah. Mission Impossible until he's done making Mission Impossible. They're gonna make Mission Impossible yeah. like 37, and I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. You were just in a you were just in a fucking Mick Garris produced and directed anthology horror movie that went straight to shutter. Like shut up. <laughs> like yeah. Because he was in that nightmare cinema. 
honestly i enjoyed that but i wish that it wasn't him as the like caretaker of the movie theater i don't know it was weird but we move on to the top five uk horror films so the way that we'll do our top five uh horror films from the uk is pretty much we'll just go in a circle and uh you know we'll go five four three two one and we'll just mention them kind of the same way we would do like the normal reviews that we do movies and stuff but um you know of course some of us will have overlapping movies i'm, I'm sure or you know we might not but I'm, I'm sure like at least like some of them will be you know 100 but if you guys want i'll just let one of you guys pick who wants to go first i don't mind going last and what we can do is we can just save honorable mentions for the tail end if you want so well i'd say the tail end but i feel like we're all going to have the same about like two or like one and two or maybe even just like the number our number one is going to be ones that have at least been mentioned throughout i feel like so uh we can play it by ear but i feel like uh do you want to do honorable mentions before one or after one uh, I'm, I'm doing after one this way it's not spoiled Okay, we'll just do that. Yeah. At the very end, we'll just throw out some honorable mentions after we've uh, all said our one and stuff. So um, who wants to go with first with number five? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, all right, I'll go. Uh, my number five is Dog Soldiers. Fuck you. Uh, I fucking hate werewolf movies, but I love this movie. And and it might just be down to the line where he says, I hope I give you the shits before he gets eaten. <laughs> like that. Like that line is like the hardest line in like any movie. But no, Dog Soldiers, I don't know exactly like what like is what separates it from like movies like the howling or american werewolf in london or or any of those uh, like quote-unquote great uh werewolf movies but this is like literally the only werewolf movie that i'm like super ever like i'm ever like super stoked on um so yeah so that's my number five i just i just think it's a fun time i like the uh like the claustrophobia because it all takes place in that like weird little cabin like i said it's got some like great one-liners like it might have like the ultimate one-liner yeah, so Dog Soldiers is my number five. Fuck okay. yeah. Do you want to make any comments on that, Travis? Or are you uh, going to hold off in case it's a pick? Yo, I've never seen it. Okay. So, like, I added it to my list. I've never seen it. So, like, that's I, – I like a good werewolf movie. Okay. So, uh, I have one as my honorable mention. So, uh, Spoiler alert that that one's actually not in my top five, but only because I remember loving the film. Uh, it's in my honorable mentions. But uh, the re- uh, that was one that I put on my list of ones that I wanted to rewatch before creeping in because my number five was very undecided just because there's so many that I was like could really fit in there. And then even my number four, I feel like uh, might be a little too new. We'll see when we get there or whatever. But uh, Dog Soldiers is one that I really wanted to revisit and it might have creeped it up into five if I had gotten to revisit. But uh, uh, I do remember just like be, it's definitely one of the best werewolf films of the past like 20 years for sure. And definitely probably one, probably the best one, if not. I think the only ones that I really enjoy just as much are probably late phases. And then uh, I really enjoy Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is, you know, kind of recent, but, and that's a little different of a werewolf film. But uh, I, I, pretty much since the 80s, I feel like it's probably the best werewolf film to come out. So, so uh, do you want to go with your number five, Travis? Sure. My number five is kind of a three for one because I acknowledge these films as a trilogy most people don't but it would be Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and the world's end hell yeah coronetto trilogy or that i uh what's that they call it like the corn coronetto trilogy or whatever whatever that ice cream sandwich that that ice cream is yeah yeah Yeah, so i i just i watch them a lot like all of them i think i watched the world's end the most out of the three but so that definitely hit like my top five but I couldn't acknowledge one of them without acknowledging all of them. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Hell yeah. You got any comments on that one, John, or are you holding off? I'm going to save that. <laughs> I can't comment yet on this one. I'm no. going to hold off because uh, I have I have comments later. 
Yeah. No, I'm going to keep my comments as well for same <laughs> same reasons. So I'll go ahead with my number five. And uh, my number five is one of the few movies that I've, well, not one of the few. This will actually be, uh, this is one of two sequels on my list. Uh, this one is 28 Weeks Later. And I don't know why, but I really like 28 Weeks Later. I enjoy it more than 28 Days. I feel like that comes from me seeing them both later in life kind of together. So, like, I didn't have, like, the nostalgia. Like, I didn't have, like, 10 years of love in one before seeing the other type thing. Um, but, like, you got Idris Elba. You got Imogen Pooch. You got Jeremy Renner. You got fucking uh, crazy fast zombies. You still got that kind of gritty look from the first movie. But they were able to still kind of give you some remasters that aren't so shitty is the first movie unfortunately you'll never get like a great version of 28 days just because i was filmed but uh i also just really enjoyed you got two like huge fucking gut punches in the first 30 minutes of the film from spoiler alert anybody hasn't seen it but uh the very first five minutes you got the guy that leaves his wife like literally to die to zombies because he's like you or me type situation and dips her and then so that's a gut punch because you're like bro that's fucked up 15 minutes later, boom, his wife's not dead. That's another gut punch. You're like, what the fuck? You thought she was dead. So it's one of those films that it just like within 30 minutes, you're like, holy shit. And then once the kids get out in the street, you know, the kids are way more vulnerable than, you know, Cillian Murphy and the girl and stuff with, you know, high powered weapons and shit. So uh, it's just, it's, I like it. And I like movies. Oh, Rose Burns in it as well. So uh, I just love when stories like that, like uh, when zombie films can tell like separate stories, and when sequels can like uh, live in the same universe, you know, kind of like the of the dead trilogy, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Or, yep. you know, quadrilogy, however you keep going with it. But uh, so now I just I really enjoy that film. And it's one that's like really sticks with me as just being like super underrated as a sequel and just as a horror film, period. But I feel like by that time, uh, zombie films are kind of beat to death. So I understand for sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I like 28, we- uh, 28 weeks later. I thought what it I, I feel like that's what London would be like 28 weeks after that shit. Like I feel like it captured, I felt it, it, it didn't really try to be 28 days later because if it did, it would have, I, I don't think anyone would give a shit. Like we would forget about this movie. And I think 28 weeks later stands out Yeah. from yeah. it. Um, I don't think it's a, the superior film. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I liked a lot of what they did and I liked that the, like it, it felt very natural. Like if they were going to try to reintroduce people back into London 20, like, you know, almost a half a year after the initial incident, I feel like that's what I feel. I, I feel like everything about that movie felt the way it would be. Um, I did like the idea of people like almost like, like having like an immune system uh, apparently to like this rage virus. Like, so I liked, I liked what they did with the, the mother, and I like that. I really like the idea of like, she's like, oh, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm clearly infected with something. And then, but that doesn't mean that like, she can't pass it on. So as soon as that dude kisses her, he just fucking like loses his mind. That, were, that she scene, bites his fucking lip off too, to like infect him. Yeah. But she, yeah. Um, the, I think the, uh, that scene when the, when he gets infected and she's like strapped to the table and like, can't do anything to defend yeah. herself. And he just like obliterates her yeah. is one of the most uncomfortable, like feeling like that scene, like really like it, that's the scene that sticks with me. Like the whole time I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, she yeah. is, she like is literally strapped to a table. Like can't even put her fucking hands up to like defend herself. And this dude's like, in like you know like this virus makes people go like to the a rage that i've never even felt before 
And he just like obliterates this woman. And I'm like, and it's like the love of his life. And he like that he thought was dead. And like 30 seconds later, he's like pummeling her to death. Yeah. That yeah. scene, like that scene, I was like, holy shit. That one scene I think is better than any scene in 28 days later because it's got a lasting effect. You're just like, fuck. Like when, yeah. when that scene ends, you're just like, you're like stuck with it. Like I was, I remember when I saw this movie in the theaters, like I was still thinking about that. Like 30 minutes later, I'm like, that fucking scene fucked me up. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I felt the same way. I uh, my only complaint is that that scene happens and then it doesn't escalate from there. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of like the pinnacle of like that specific character's like insanity. You know, it's like, yeah, he chases and pursues the kids the whole film and like stuff happens, but it's kind of just par for course stuff. But yeah, I I had the, that movie down the list a oh, little yeah. bit so uh you know i'll touch on it eventually oh yeah sounds good so john you started right you want to go with your yeah. number four my number four is the descent fuck yeah um mine that, too that movie is fucking two movies like in one like two types of movies in one it's super like before the fucking things even show up that movie is terrifying because it's so claustrophobic yeah i'm like I'm, I like the idea of like I've never fucking gone cave diving, but like all that shit looks super fucking cool. But like the idea of like crawling in these little ass holes, like that my body barely can fit in, just so I can get to some other weirdo opening, and yeah. I don't know if this shit's gonna collapse on me. Is like every time they fucking went into like a small hole, I'm like, they're, I'm like, Ugh. like I felt it, like I felt uncomfortable. And then obviously once these fucking mutants show up, it turns into like something completely different. It's super like violent. It's like. I felt like it was once they show up, it becomes real high paced. And they're also still dealing with all that shit with like the inner turmoil of the, of the girls. So I thought that I said, yeah. the scent was fucking awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And I was bummed that like the sequel was not nearly as good, but the first one, is, the first one was a movie that sat with me too. Cause like the whole time I'm like fucking grabbing like my seat and shit. Cause I'm like the fucking cave's going to collapse on. I'm like, this is going to be the part where like this one chick that doesn't really talk, she's going to die because the fucking cave's going to collapse. And it never happened. But every time I was like holding my breath, the descent fucking rules. That's my number four. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's actually my number four too, for all of the same reasons, oh, yeah. you know, like that movie, the first time I saw it, I, I don't even remember how I saw it. I think like, somebody my the girl i was dating at the time like had it and was like you got to see this movie and i saw it and it kind of like starts off slow and you're like okay like what's going on and it's very unnerving because like i'm not like a claustrophobic person but like that shit just made me uneasy or like john said fucking it just felt like i i was gonna get smashed you know like i was in that little tunnel and I like crawling through and it's just going to get me. And then when like the, the mutants come, I thought it was cool because they're like cave crickets or something. You know, it's like they, they like exist as like something that in a cave would. So they're like, they can't see and everything's like hearing and smell. And I thought that was a cool thing. But then you like couple that with like, so you have the tension of the cave and the claustrophobia, the tension of these being pursued by these creatures. And then the tension of all the inner turmoil amongst the group. And when they start, they accidentally fucking kill each other. And then it's just like, it gets like real wild from that point. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what's going to kill all of them. Is it going to be the monsters, the cave or each other? You just don't know. Mm. Um, 
And like when she falls down in that pit of all like the leftovers, you know, <laughs> and she's just like covered and like all the, the shit. I was just like, oh man, that that fucked me up because I was like, man, that's gotta smell so bad. You know, like hot garbage water, you know. But uh so yeah, I I thought it was great. That was definitely like my number four. It was like an easy choice for me on that one. Fuck you. Now, this one actually, again, ended up on my honorable mention list, but I absolutely do love it. It's just, uh, so you know how, like, when you grow up and, like, your parents give you spaghetti every night for dinner, so then when you grow up, you're like, I don't really fucking eat spaghetti that much. It was kind of one of those situations where, like, I, uh, and this movie came out when I was in high school, so, like, all my friends just wanted to, like, always show it to everybody, you know what I mean? So every time I went over, somebody was watching it, so, like, this movie was just beat to death for me, so it just, it became one of those that I haven't watched in years, and I have, like, no desire to watch, but i really love the film it's just like uh you know just kind of like a lot of things you know just where like run stale for you so that's the only reason it didn't crack my top five but um no i absolutely love it but i do want to ask you guys is you know since it cracked yours uh which ending do you prefer the u.s or the uk version you know i think the u.s one is the one where it just makes it seem like she got out alive and everything's okay and then the uk one shows her wake back up inside of the cave and it was all a dream she never made it out i like the uk ending i think that that's more terrifying yeah same. like she thinks she got got out and then didn't get out i think that's to because to me that's like how it would actually go yeah. like, there's no way she's getting out of that you know so that that's the ending i prefer but yeah. uh probably not the ending i've seen the most you know because i watch the u.s version more regularly yeah no i don't blame you there what about you john uh i'm indifferent i like both of the endings for what they stand for like i like the idea like um it is terrifying when you know, the, the good guy doesn't win, so to speak. Um, but I, there's something that I like about the idea of her getting out and not that she got like, I feel like she's going to have like, if, if this was real and she got out, like she would have to deal with more shit. Like she's mentally going to be fucked up. Like, even though that girl like cheated on her with her husband and whatnot, like she's got to deal with the fact that she like left her to die. Like, uh, and, and all, and all her fucking friends are dead. Like she didn't like the, neither ending is a good ending. Like, yeah, she's cool. She escaped. And sure. She escaped, but neither ending is a good ending. What it reminds me of kind of is like um, a little bit like the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like Sally gets away, but she's like fucking crazy at the end of the movie. Like I can't like I feel like the same thing about I can't remember her character's name. I remember Juno was the one character. but That's not it. But when she gets out of the cave, like I'm like, she's going to be fucked up. Like, so it's not really happy. Like there's no there is no happy ending to that movie. Yeah. So I'm like really yeah. indifferent. I'm indifferent to it. Like the, I, I've seen other movies where, like, they, you know, uh, with where no one wins, like, or it, it's, you know, it just ends. So I, I'm, I'm okay with either one of them. I've, like Travis, I've probably seen the U.S. ending a lot more, only because that's the Blu-ray that I own is, uh, and the, the U.K. ending is like the, like the, you have to go into like the deleted scenes. They like to watch that. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah. No, I think I slightly prefer the bleak ending myself, but I do like the fact of like a final girl type ending. You know what I mean, where she gets away, but she's got the PTSD of like final girls. You know, or most of them. You know, unless you're Sydney Prescott, then for some reason you just make it through every movie with no trauma at all, except for some neck pain. But uh. I mean, I think they, I think in The Descent too, which I, I thought was like a, they tried to do the same thing over again. I, but I thought at least with that character, I felt like they tried to address like her like what would happen if you got out like how would you deal with that yeah i mean she goes she goes right back into the cave which is what you know with like uh survivor's guilt basically like so i I can appreciate her getting out only to set up the sequel like i feel like they could have done 
just they just could have done things differently with the sequel. So her getting out benefits yeah. the fact that we could get more of the story. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. But true. Oh yeah. But any more comments before I jump into my number four? Nope. Oh yeah. So mine is probably one that's definitely not on. I don't see it being on y'all's list, but uh, it's probably the newest film that's on any of our list. And the, for me, this is uh, Last Night at Soho. Or Last Night in Soho. I just absolutely adored this film. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie felt kind of like uh, Audrey Hepburn to me in this film. You know, like just the way she like grabbed you know my attention the whole time. It almost felt like watching uh, Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe being in a film together. I mean, I know the time wise, I don't know if that worked out or whatever, but uh, just the way that her and Anya Taylor Joy just bounced off of each other. You know. Uh, but they both lit up the screen. Then Matt Smith, you know, uh, which he's in an honorable mention of mine. So I won't mention the name of that film, but this is probably like my favorite film that he's done. And he's just uh, like perfect as like the villain, but like, you know, he's not like straightforward villain, you know, like you kind of got to be charmed by him first and stuff like that. Uh, then the cinematography is just perfect. The music's perfect. You know, the, the little practical tricks with, you know, when they're dancing and, you know, they're, switching in and out and uh the camera tricks where you know like one's in the mirror and one's not and uh everything from that to like even the twist of the movie it's kind of like guessable but then something kind of happens halfway through that makes you kind of like like no matter what you kind of second guess your thought because of what you see on the screen you know it's kind of hard not to so even though it is a guessable ending it's kind of hard to like stay with that guess if that makes sense without spoiling it too much but um i don't know i just really love the film i love all the effects in it i feel like the acting's all perfect you know at least in my in my opinion but uh no, I just uh, really enjoy this film, and it felt like like a Italian horror film done today, but with the quality of like the Italian horror films done in like the seventies and sixties and stuff like that. So, yeah. I uh, I love I love Last Night in Soho, and I think in time it will definitely get into the top five, or it will be like at least really high on that list. Yeah. Um, I only only because my the five that I picked are movies I've like watched like a gazillion times that it would right. crack in there. But I think that this is probably Edgar, this is Edgar Wright, like at his best, like, like, yeah, like the, 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 the court, whatever the fucking ice cream trilogy is. Um, that was him. Like, like he, he made real, he made three really fun movies, but this is where he, like, I think he fell into his, like, th- this is his, like, I-, I can only see him going, getting better from here. Like he's going to, he's, he's going to do like a Jordan Peele where he, I think he, everything that he puts out now is going to be of this, like, ilk it's not going to necessarily be the comedy stuff that he did before yeah right um like Edgar Wright should have won like a bunch of stuff like everyone in the movie should have like that movie should have won a ton of awards I think it only won like a handful like maybe like one or two but yeah that movie is great and I yeah if it wasn't as new it probably would be uh a lot higher on my list yeah oh yeah no, i could agree there because it honestly if it wasn't so new it'd probably go up, up even more on mine just because of yeah. like i've seen it so much and like i could watch it like right now without feeling like i've you know beat it to death already but that's being you know it's new and i've probably seen it over or close to 10 times now but of course you know a lot of that showing it to people and uh then it's like you know i watch it in the theaters and it's like oh it's like i the blu-ray came because i pre-ordered the blu-ray and it's like oh look well now it's on hbo max so it's there's yeah. always an excuse to like let me yeah. throw it on again type thing and then of course you know i showed it to the wife because it's not so it's not scary it's just like i mean it's scary to somebody that's like really scared of horror films you know but like it's just not terrifying but uh but not to uh, skip over you travis what did you think about it yo i really liked it it made my honorable mention um, oh yeah for all of the obvious reasons, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous to look at. I think the ask acting is right on the fucking money. I think the writing is great. The storytelling is great. And I, you know, I can see where it's a little predictable, but like you said, it, it kind of, you know, smoke and mirrors you. Yeah. So it's like you see something and then you're kind of like, maybe that's not what's happening. 
the only reason it didn't make my list is actually, I think to its credit is it's so good in all of those regards that to me, it kind of transcends a horror film. Yeah. So to me, it, it just was like a drama with like, like, because like the horror is like really kind of sprinkled in there, but it's not the main focus point. So to me, it was like this like spiritual journey between like the two characters and they were like connected and you're kind of seeing it. And I thought that was cool. And I, I liked it a lot, you know, so uh, it was it was an honorable mention for me. Uh, it's it's really great. I think it should have gotten a lot more attention than it did. Oh, yeah. No, and I definitely can see uh, what you're saying for sure. Like I said, it's barely, it's like not even really scary if it wasn't for, you know, a few scenes of murder. It's like it really wouldn't even be able to be classified as a horror film. It'd be more of like a crime right. drama, you know, and even classifying it as a horror is still like arguable. But uh, for yeah. sure. But. Well, I mean, there's a, there's the ghost. The ghost definitely latch in to the horror aspect. Sure. sure. If, if you remove the if you remove the supernatural like that supernatural stuff, like the ghosts. Yeah. Then, yeah. It totally. This totally would be like a thriller drama you know whatever but having the right. ghosts in there like latch it into the definitely latch it into the horror genre yeah but that yeah sure. but that that almost could be easily written out like you could almost write that part out yeah right have her more just like like her visions not be so supernatural just be like us seeing through like the lens of like memories or some shit but yeah yeah but hell yeah so uh but yeah that's my number four i love that film and like i said it'll probably definitely climb my list but uh uh, over time or it might not you know it could go the other way i don't see it doing that but you know you never know something could pop in it and then i'm like ah, oh, there's a plot hole that just bugs the shit out of me but uh i doubt i'll nitpick it hard you know i doubt i can nitpick it any harder not that i nitpick movies like that but i'm just saying i've seen it so much that i'm sure if anything would right turn me off of it it would already happen but uh so what about you john uh what's your number three uh i narrowed it down travis picked all three i'm singling out sean of the dead um i think this is such a love letter to Romero, um, yeah. but with, but with uh, comedy, like they, like they, um, that it can't not be in my top five. Like I've watched, I can do Shaun of the Dead. I can do like quotes of it. I'm like, Shaun, Shaun, Shaun. Like, you know, you just do shit. Like, like, uh, or, you got red on you. Yeah. So like every time I fucking hear Queen, like don't stop me now. I think about beating someone with a fucking pool cue. Like, like there's like yeah. all this stuff. Like, um, like the the movie. It, that's as perfect as like a parody slash love story, or, like our love letter to Romero. Um, that yeah, it's it. There's it was it, there was no way this was not going to be in my top five. I watch Shaun of the Dead fucking all the time. Um, yeah. So and I love the other two, and I think the World's End gets a fucking bad rap. Like everyone's like, "Oh, they forget about that movie," and I and I like that movie's fun as shit. But Shauna that I feel yeah. is like is elevated above the two, not to discredit the other two. I fucking and I'm like over zombie movies. I was even starting to be over zombie movies when Shauna that came out, but that thing like reignited like a like a love for movies and like spared me. Like I started watching more zombie movies after that, like serious zombie movies. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead is a, is a, to me, is a modern classic. And if you don't like that movie, you're a fucking idiot. Like, that's where I'm at. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything you want to add, Travis? I know you kind of already talked about Sean, but. I, uh, no, I, that's, I mean, that's the one that kicked off that trilogy. I think that the only reason I had to go like with the trilogy is when Shaun of the Dead came out, I watched it religiously. I mean, like, I, I 
probably burn out my DVD, you know, like I just couldn't get enough of it because I just, I love zombie films. That's like right up my wheelhouse and uh, Shaun of the Dead. It's like funny too, you know, like, like John was saying, and it's, it's so it's clever and how it's funny. Like there's a lot of stuff that's like very obvious. You're like, Oh yeah, that's funny. But like, even like, I think about the scene when they, he meets up with his like ex-girlfriend and her posse and it's like character for character like the same thing but like different it's like going to canada like everything's the same but slightly different and that shit's just like so funny to me you know and so it's it's great but it's such a layup of a movie for me like it i mean it could have just been them battling the roommate for an hour and a half and i would have been like satisfied with it and then without it i wouldn't have sought out hot fuzz or the world's end i think right now currently the world's end leads in my favorite just because like i can't i watched it last night dude i i can't get enough of it mm-hmm. uh to me i i remember i put it on and i just i didn't even realize it was part of this trilogy and when they fucking popped the head off the first fucking uh network agent i dude i i lost my mind i was like oh shit this is this is gonna be a ride so that's just like I'm riding on that because it's like the most recent. But without Shaun of the Dead, I'm not getting in any of them, you know. So I think Shaun of the Dead's great. I think that it's like a perfect ode to Romero and everything I love about the Romero movies. And I think that because it was intentionally funny, it it pays bigger tribute to those movies because those movies were unintentionally funny. Yeah, You know, it's like you watch some of them and they're like so hilarious, but they're not intended to be. So I think that them just making it funny was like the right way to go. So I'm all for it. Fuck yeah. No, and uh, no spoiler alert, but I still need to save my comments on this one for just a little longer. But uh, so what about uh, what's your number three, Travis? My number three is, I don't know, maybe it's a weird one. It's Event Horizon. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, To me, that movie is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, And I was like going through trying to like make this list. And it wasn't even on there because I just assumed it was made in America. And when I found out that it wasn't, I was like, oh, dead ringer. It's like getting making the top three. Yeah. Like Sam Neill in that is like fucking terrifying. Like them like going like it's like the portal of fucking hell. Lawrence Fishburne is fucking great. I think that like it just wasn't commercially successful because of like fucking Titanic or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh but like, yeah, it it has held up as being like one of my favorite, like sci-fi scary movies of all time. So it had to make the list. Like okay. visually, it's very scary. It's like super dark, and uh, I I fucking really dig that. So. Oh yeah. Do you want to um, mention anything about that one, John? Before I do, um, I actually did not know that was technically considered a British film because it probably would have made my top five if that if I knew that that movie is fucking amazing. And yeah, I. And I and I constantly run into people that have never seen it, and they're like, "Oh, like what?" And I'm like, "Why have you not watched this film? It's gonna fuck it. Like, turn all the lights off and scare the shit out of yourself. Like yes. that movie is awesome. Um, the scene where the dude gets like all the fucking like like he, they're like blow out all your air so that he doesn't like explode because he's in like the vacuum, yeah. like all that. Sam yeah. with no eyes. He's like, "Where we're going, we don't need eyes." Like all that <laughs> shit. Yes. I'm like, 
like in Sam Neill, like my Sam Neill, like prior to that, like I didn't really know him other than fucking being in Jurassic Park. So like the next right. movie that I see this dude in, he's the devil. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So that like affected me even more because I'm like, oh man, the nice fucking guy from Jurassic Park is wants to kill everybody and bring him to hell. Like this is nuts. <laughs> But there's something about that movie too. Like I like that. Like it seems like a lot of people's reaction, like the characters, the way they react is the way that like most humans would react in that situation. Cause I remember yeah. like they watched that fucking video, like of the past crew, like having that weird, like slaughter orgy that you get like the snippets yes. of and Lawrence Fishburne's like, okay, we're leaving like immediately. Like there's no, like we need to investigate this. Like every other horror trope, he's just like, now nah, we're getting yeah. the fuck out of here. And I'm like, yeah, that's what everyone that's what everyone really would do. No one wants to know what the fuck happened. Yo, I saw that video. Fuck this shit. We're out of here. Like, right. We're leaving this thing to float in space. Like, I don't care. Um, yeah. And I felt like a lot of the characters make until they get like fucked up by like whatever is like possessing them. Um, they all make like logical decisions, but they just can't get off right. because this fucking thing is keeping them there. Yeah. Yeah. That movie is amazing. And if I knew it was a British film, it would be in my top five. So, well. Yeah. I think that like it was cool too because if I'm not mistaken, like the Event Horizon ship is actually like modeled after like cathedrals in England. Like they took like different pieces, like the thrusters are like the peak of you know a certain cathedral, and like the body of the ship is based off of something else. And so like they like the reason he wanted to film it there was because like he was like really deeply inspired by like all these like you know, all the architecture of that time and like all this like gothic imagery. And so like that to me was like really cool. Like just how it looks is unlike anything else that was happening at that time. And there was like a lot of thought that went into it. And like, it wasn't like the fucking enterprise or something. It it didn't look like a Lucasfilm. It's like they had their own spin and they used like these influences that weren't from space. They were from here, which is, cool i read a review or an interview when they were talking or it was something about like the making of that film and they were saying that the cast constantly said every time they think it went to a new set like a new room that they all felt uneasy like there was something yeah fucked up about like being on maybe not it didn't have like any of like the curses like the exorcist or some shit but like every room they went in they're like this fucking feels weird like yeah. the whole time yeah. that they were filming this movie, like every time that they were filming scenes, like I I'm thinking a lot of their acting isn't really acting. It's just like their natural, like this is fucking this this set is weird as shit and it's freaking me out. Yeah. And they were like acting, it was it was like natural reactions. They just happened to film them. Yeah. Ooh. No, I agree hundred percent. Uh honestly, same thing as both of you guys. Like uh I love this film, everything about it's great. The practical effects are great, the setups are great, the actors are great. Uh, and that's I'm with you, too. I had the same like kind of experience with Sam Neill. Like I had no idea, you know, about his horror background. You know, when I first saw this was the first thing I saw, you know, of course, he did Possession and then he did, you know, In the Mouth of Madness and some other stuff. But uh, like this is uh, probably the biggest horror film he's done, you know, the one that had the biggest release, you know, because Possession being a foreign horror film and then uh, In the Mouth of Madness being kind of like on the back end of, you know, Carpenter's like uh, popularity, I'm sure, with the thing being a flop in the 80s or whatever. But, you know, just like you said Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, those two together. Like I would watch it. You could put them two in a movie to, today right now and tell me it's horror. It doesn't have to be an event horizon pre sequel or nothing. It, just tell me them two are in a new horror movie together. And I'd watch it just because like they're both magic on screen and uh, great leading men. And uh, this movie is a perfect example of that. And uh, no, I just, I really love it. And it's one of those films that doesn't get enough 
credit for just being kind of disturbing for being as popular as it is. You know what I mean? Like some of the visuals are truly like fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you guys ever like paused and like slow mode through the fucking like crazy hell scenes? <laughs> I've thought I, about have, it, but... I have slowed <laughs> that down and watched all the like the single frame and I'm like they fucking went into like insane detail to make these that video and you're only getting like you probably get like a grand total of like 20 seconds yeah. of it but like I you see so if you slow it down and like go frame for frame and like watch some of these frames I'm like man they went fucking like nuts and what is happening in them is crazy shit like they really filmed like some fucking like nutty ass scene of like yeah. this weird like everyone's fucking each other and like cutting each other up and like putting barbed wire over their like eyes and shit like it's just this fucking cra- like sadomasochism to like the fucking like um degree like and they filmed it yeah. and they and then they only use like fucking 10 seconds of it like, yeah lunatics made that movie truly <laughs> oh yeah but uh so y'all have any more comments on that one before i spout my number three Go for it. So I'm pretty sure my number three is probably going to uh, be one of y'all's number two or one at least. But my number three is one that I feel like if I had grown up with, this would possibly be my number one. Um, but because it just lacks that little bit of nostalgic factor as well, like I didn't really actually see it until I was like a full grown adult. This one is uh, An American Werewolf in London for me. I absolutely love this film. You know, it's uh, hilarious. It's the practical effects are great. The Rick, you know, the Rick Baker transformation you know i love the character like one thing that it doesn't get enough credit because everybody talks about the transformation is the uh you know the friend jack that shows up the whole time as he's like you know getting grotesque more grotesque throughout the film and then of course they don't really talk about the you know the aspect of like he needs to kill himself you know for them to be free and all that like i just love all that stuff behind it and uh, i don't know i just rewatched this film recently and uh it just hit you know hit just as hard as it did the first time i watched it but do you guys i'm sure you guys probably don't aren't ready to comment on it yet but do you guys have any comments on this one uh this is not in my top five um like okay. i said or like i said earlier with dog soldiers i hate werewolf movies true, um, true. but i but i like i do like this film and it's probably simply down to the tra- the transformation scenes like one of the greatest things that's like ever happened in horror like i think that scene's perfect yeah. um and the fact that it's practical and like it watching the making of that scene even makes that scene way better way like way cooler yeah um but i and i love i fucking love the friend that torments him from the beyond and is just decaying more and more like his mate just keeps fucking with him the whole movie and that is hilarious to me like i let every time that dude shows up on screen especially at the end when he's just like a skeleton yeah i'm fucking dying like every time that happens um i just don't it werewolf things aren't for me but like i appreciate what it did for practical effects um and i i think it's a good film but if i wasn't so and if i wasn't so jaded on like werewolf films maybe it would be higher but and i tell everyone this all the time I'm like yeah american werewolf london i don't really care about it that much people are like you're out of your fucking mind like but i think the transformation scene is, is incredible i'll watch I'll, if that's on i'll watch the whole scene play through like with like strictly focused on it and I do think that the uh, the friend steals the show because I think he's hilarious, just fucking with him from 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 beyond. Yeah. Did you want to comment, Travis? Yeah. Uh, this also didn't make my top five. Okay, uh, that makes me was, feel better about it being number three. This <laughs> it it was like a runner up. I think it's like it's maybe my favorite werewolf movie. Fuck you know, you. like if if I had to pick one, uh, I like it more than like The Howling or like any of those other fucking movies. Everything you guys have said that was good about it. I feel the same way. I think for me, the only reason it ever doesn't make the cut is like, this was a movie my dad showed me. 
So to me, it just felt and continues to feel like another generation's thing. You know, like I loved having that exposure from him and he showed me like a ton of stuff, but it all feels dated in a way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause I didn't like go out and find it for myself. And uh, it's not even like the period. It's like any of this stuff that he was like showing me from that time. I was like, yeah, this is great, but it's like my dad's rock and roll. You know, it's like, I got to find my own thing. And so that's like the only reason I it made honorable mention and didn't make the list. I think that the practical effects are awesome. The story is good. The humor in it is is good. I, I agree with y'all. I think that the, the decaying friend steals the movie. To me, he's like the focal point. But yeah, it's great. It's a great film. I love what it did for horror. And, uh, you know, I like that my dad, that's like a memory I have with him. So like, that's a cool thing, you know, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the only other comment I have to say about it is I do love the opening scene. I felt I like where they go to the bar and then they end up eventually going from the bar to the moors where they get like attacked by the werewolf. Like, I feel like that part, like, it's actually pretty scary for werewolf stuff. You know, like a lot of werewolf movies kind of don't really make you feel that dread as much. You know, like, uh, it's like most werewolf films, I enjoy them because they're fun, you know, not because they're scary, but that's one right. that's like kind of a truly scary scene. And then, uh, the end you know once the friend is like truly de- like all the way decayed and stuff um when he starts like having the other people visit from the dead and showing them like hey these are people you killed they're gonna keep haunting you every single like you know night and shit like they can haunt you as well until you like you kill yourself pretty much like just having that aspect added into a werewolf film was like super awesome you know like the fact that the people they kill as a werewolf are gonna haunt them until they're dead is like pretty wild you know but yeah, yeah. but um oh yeah so uh, what about uh, your number two, John? We'll go with your number uh, two. My number two is 28 Days Later. Fuck yeah. Um, I think this is, it wasn't a zombie movie. Like, I think the idea of things being able to chase you and keep chase with you is fucking terrible. Like, I would be much more scared of this shit than I would any of the Romero zombies. Yeah. If the Romero zombies can't fucking run after me, like, you know, obviously everyone fucks up in Romero movies. They all, they all get eaten. But, like, I'm much more terrified of some fucking crazy person that j- just won't feel pain and will just run at me just to try to, like, the, uh, and I think that <coughs> Danny Boyle's, like, a fucking master of, like, shooting things. I think a lot of his, like, camera work, his cinematography is incredible. There's some truly, like, gut-wrenching scenes in this film. Like, when, um, I always want to call him Mad-Eye Moody. I can't remember the fucking actor's name. But when that fucking thing, like, when the blood drops in his eye and he, like, immediately, like, tells his daughter, like, I love you, but get the fuck away from me because he knows what's going to happen. Like, that scene is, like, super yeah. powerful. The fact that they're, like, you know, they get taken in by these soldiers and the soldiers are, like, well, we haven't seen women in, like, fucking 10 minutes, so we got to rape you. Um, and, like, and then all that, the craziness that ensues from that. Like, I think I, I can watch 20 Days Later is one of those movies that if, like, if it comes on, I don't care where it's at in the movie, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to start watching it. Like, I'm going to watch it until okay. the, yeah. the end of the film. Um, it's hard to lump it into a zombie movie, even though it, like, has a lot of those tropes because it's the rage virus. And I But I really like the idea that it wasn't just, like, oh, they're zombies. Like, yes, there's some fucking rules that they follow, but it's it's something different. It's... You know, you can almost see the humanity in them because they're like, man, it sucks. They're just, they're alive. They are alive. They're not like my dead neighbor that got back up. Like it's just someone that's infected with this shit that's making them like nuts. Yeah. And just everything about like the cinematography, when Jim wakes up and he's walking around London and there's fucking no one there, like that's like all like those few minutes, like fucking really hit me hard. Like everything about like 20 days later to me is like very close to being a perfect film in my opinion. 
Fuck yeah. So it, it ranks really high on the list. Um, I, I, I fucking love that movie. I might go watch it fucking when we're done talking. <laughs> yeah. Same here. What about, uh, what about you, Travis? How do you feel about that one? Well, it was also my number two. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and for all of those reasons, I mean, like I, I can, I remember exactly like where I was when I saw it. And I remember just being speechless. You know, I watched it and was just like, I, I marveled at it. You know, like it was like truly at that time, the most impressive thing I think I had ever seen, you know, as far as like a, a horror film, like the way it looked, how I, I like that the enemy was different. You know, it's like, like John said, there's humanity to them but also like this insanity that's just hunting you down. But then you also have to deal with like the other human elements. And like, you think about like the thing I always thought about was like, it's 28 days. So it's like civilization, like literally just collapse in less than a month. Yeah. And like, and shit comes off the fucking rails, you know, and there's like all like the, the soldier shit. And you're just like, it's crazy, you know, because then it, it forces you ha- to have to kind of look at the societal elements of it, as well as just like the individual elements. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And I think that there's a lot of films and TV series and all kinds of shit that wouldn't exist had that not happened. The reason I didn't comment too much on 28 weeks later earlier was because I kind of lumped that into this like yeah. I did with you know, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Because I like, when I sit down to watch one of those movies, I end up watching both of them. Because I think that that universe that they exist in is really neat. I think that both of those films do like a good job of expanding on that universe and looking at it from wherever aspect they're at in the timeline. I think that 28 Days is superior to 28 Weeks. Uh, I've thought it since I watched them you know, each the first time. But I think it's, to me, it's the reason 28 Weeks fell off was like, I didn't believe the pursuit of the dad with the kids. You know, I was like, how did he not just get like sidetracked? You know, like, why is he like so fixated that that wasn't very believable to me? And it just felt like they were forcing his character in. Whereas like, I don't feel like in 28 Days, there's anything that felt forced to me. It all was just like, oh yeah, this is like, exactly how it would be yeah so it's it's a fantastic film it's that's why it's number two fuck yeah no i agree with everything you guys said it's uh one of those films that when it came down to my like all the f- the films on my honorable mentions like were at least thought about to be in my you know top five but uh when it truly came down to picking a number five for me it was between 28 days and 28 weeks i think honestly i think production and uh casts uh honestly that first 30 minutes uh, of 20 weeks might have been the reason that I picked 20 weeks because like if you cut that first 30 minutes out and put it as a short film that alone is just like so gut-wrenching but as far as 28 yeah. days as an overall film it's just uh yeah like you said there's not really anything in it that feels forced and there's uh like it shows true evil within the people and stuff like that you don't really get as much of that and you know of course you get the shitty husband in the first 30 minutes of what's it called but uh it's more of like uh like you said it kind of turns that a little bit anticlimactic in the end to where the opposite happens with 20 uh days you know you get the gut punch with the dad and then at the end of the movie you're like okay well you know things might be good now and then you're like oh these are dudes are pieces of shit they're gonna rape them and so it's like uh i agree 100 that movie's pretty awesome and it's one that i feel like i wish like i wish it was filmed differently so they could do like a restoration on it because while it 
uh, definitely uh, has charm because of how bad it looks, you know, like how like classic it looks and raw it looks. It would be nice to just be able to see it with like uh, a little bit of some uh, restoration. You know what I mean? Did you guys ever yeah. hear about the alternate ending or what the ending was originally supposed to be of that film? So I they think were, I have, but I forgot so they it. Were, but... So originally they were supposed to, the dad was going to like go off. They weren't going to kill him. Like he was going to go off and uh, come back. Like when all the explosions were happening and they, I think it was him that they were going to capture him. And the girl was so like fucked up that her dad was like this thing or whatever that they tried a blood transfusion with Jim. Jim was like, I'll, I don't have anybody. Like I'll sacrifice myself. And there was going to be a blood transfusion between the dad and Jim Jim was going to become infected and just basically left on a gurney, like all strapped up. And the dad was going to like return to normal. Yeah. I'm so fucking glad that they did not go with that ending because that would have been yeah. that, the movie unbelievable. Yeah. And the movie was believable yeah. as is, but that was, yeah, that was the original ending. If you watch like the, one of the, it might even, I'm probably on the Blu-ray cut. I have a DVD version of it, but on the DVD, like there's like a, like alternate takes and they actually have like what the alternate ending is, but it's only in storyboard. They only drew it. And that was yeah. apparently yeah. the original, that was the original ending. And when they ran it by with storyboards, someone at the <coughs> studio had the right mind to say like, no, don't do that. And then they, yeah. they, they, they never even shot like a single scene of it. Oh yeah. No, nah, I'm glad they stuck with what they did for sure. But, yes. Oh, yeah. So any more comments uh, on this one before I spat out my number two? Let's hear no. it. Oh, yeah. So my number two is Shaun of the Dead. Finally, <laughs> finally. So this film came out in 2004. I was 12 years old and I don't think there could have been like a more perfect film for me because it was like right at that time where I was like, OK, I'm no longer scared. of. Well, I'm still scared of horror movies, but I want to watch them all. You know, like, let me watch everything. The Ring and stuff kind of kicked me out of that, you know, like wrong turn and shit like those movies finally like turned my, you know, uh, like, of course, growing up, you know, I'd seen stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, but you see those films so many times that slashers, you know, lose their scariness when you know when the person's going to pop out. So it's like uh, I'd grown up growing up watching horror movies and stuff, but I was still so scared to watch anything new that by the time Shaun of the Dead came out, I was like watching everything new that could come out. And uh, granted, except for 20 days, like I said earlier, that was one that I didn't get to see till way later, just mostly because of uh, I was uh not quite there yet when it came out but because i believe that one was oh two if i'm not mistaken was uh uh 28 days but either way it's uh so when shine the dead came out it was just perfect because it was not even like too scary still so like like it wasn't really you know scary at all especially being you know zombies was never something that really scared me scared me especially the slower zombies like we mentioned earlier you know and this being a nod to romero but uh especially now that I've grown old, older and, you know, can respect the nods, you know, from, you know, just the intro sound alone being a clip from, you know, Don the Dead's, you know, music to, uh, you know, being four-ray electronics that he works at. So, you know, all those nods to, uh, you know, like y'all were talking about the hilarious parts from, so when they walk out the Winchester, which uh, I pointed to that earlier, because that's what that is, is a Winchester pint glass. I don't know if you guys can see it, but it, uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when they walk out of the Winchester and they're just singing that song and the guy, the zombie's just walking and he's like, oh, and he like says it right. They're like, get higher, baby. And he's just like, oh, or whatever they do. But uh, that part and then, you know, the the part that it was even in the trailer and still like watching it for the 200 time today. So it gets me weak where he's like never heard of a shortcut. and He jumps over the fucking uh, uh, fence and the shit just like breaks. Yeah. It's like and then yeah. they like played that joke you know even further and like hot fuzz you know and uh at rose yep. and stuff but it's just uh i don't know that does that film is just something about it that every time i watch it like it's one of those comfort films for me honestly you know what i mean like if i'm in a bad mood or having a bad day like Shaun of the dead's not one that i like like i don't really ever think to put on a certain movie to make myself feel better because like 
I watch so many horror movies that I'm like, there's no, like, that's not something to put on. But if Shaun of the Dead's on and like I catch it, like it would immediately put like a smile on my face and like flip that mood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's Shaun, just, of, Shaun of the Dead is the perfect film to come to watch when you're 12 years old. Yeah. Like I was 20 <laughs> when it came out. So like I was a little older, but like Shaun of, like, it reminds me of like the 80s comedy. Like it'd be like I saw fucking Army of the Darkness when I was like 12. Yeah. So like it's like the same yeah. so it's like the same thing. Like like a comedy horror, like the one that can like slide you in like on it like easily, like it you know, gives you the lube a little bit before you get into the crazy shit <laughs> in the genre. Like, yeah, Shaun of the Dead would be dude. I'm glad you saw it when you were 12. That's the fucking best movie to see when you're 12 <laughs> years old. Yeah. No, I think that's mainly why it shot up. It would be number yeah. one if it wasn't for like once you hear what my number one is. But uh, it's just I don't know. I just absolutely adore that film from start to finish. But uh, any more comments uh, that you want to add, Travis? I know that we've talked about this film a couple of times. No, already. no. Oh, yeah. So uh, and of course, Queen is one of my all time favorite bands of like uh, just period. So like uh, and Don't Stop Me Now is probably top three of their songs. So it was nice to hear, you know, like just that in motion to zombie beaten. But. Oh, yeah. So we're going to jump into the number one. If you guys are ready for it, uh, John, you go first. Uh, All right. I, I, this is the first and only time that I like lump uh, two movies into one because you have to because they can be shown literally without stopping them. We'll uh, probably be in agreement, I think, right here. Top, top, one, top, top British film, Hellraiser 1 and 2. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I wrote uh, Hellbound, but Alex, you know, I it's both of them. Yeah, so yeah, I fucking I have a pin and tattoo. Like I fucking loved the first. I actually loved the first three films. Um, the third one is obviously a drop off, but Hellraiser one and two fucking made me feel something that I've never felt, uh, or or very few films made me feel. It's psychological. It is it is terrifying. Everything fucking Pinhead says is like is a you can fucking put it on an album. It's a, it's a fucking quote that like every, right. every band wants to use. The SM stuff, like I was at like the age of puberty when I saw Hellraiser the first time. So it was like that weird, like I'm going through all this fucking crazy like idea, like sexually anyway. And like, and then this movie is just literally Clive Barker's like SM, like fantasy, like played out on screen. I like the idea of the puzzle box. The fucking set designs were great. Like, and Hellbound probably is the better film. I think they took all the ideas, like what they wanted to portray in the first film and really expanded on it and were and, and knew how to get bigger with it everything about the, the set designs are even bigger and fucking hellbound but yeah, the, to me those two movies are one movie because you can literally stop hellraiser or you don't even need to stop hellraiser hellraiser could just bleed into hellraiser 2 yeah um, you just got to cut out the recap yeah. at the beginning of hellbound pretty much <clears throat> yeah to make that's it, it. that's yeah. yeah yeah if you get rid of that recap it can be one like four hour movie or three hour movie yeah like, yeah um there it's it's hard to like there's just a lot of like uh like emotional attachment to that because like i said i was because it's so sexual at the same time and it's and it's a horror movie and there's like all these great one-liners and there's you know terrifying demons it was like the right movie at like the right time when i saw that film and to this day it's still like one of my it's it's in my top 10 the two of them combined are in my top 10 horror films period um, okay. Not just UK, like they're in my top ten. So much so that I just um, actually went and saw Hellraiser for the first time at the drive-in a couple of weeks ago, and okay. it's still, yeah. still incredible. It's still like it's still I can't recommend that movie enough. Um, I'm and and I'm I'm a, a little bit of apologist even to the later film. Like I don't know, the the first two separate themselves from everything, but like the idea of the Cenobites and all that shit, the pain and pleasure. Yeah, Hellraiser one and two. Top British films, probably in the top 
maybe even the top five, like all film, all films, like to or all horror films in general. Fuck yeah. Yep. You go ahead, Travis, and I'll go last. Yeah, I uh, I feel entirely the same way. I mean, I remember I saw it as a kid, and I was probably eleven or twelve, similarly. And uh, I mean, they like rocked me to my core. I just was like, there's so many elements to those films that are interesting. So, like the first time I saw it, I like gravitated to Pinhead, as I think everybody does. And you gravitate to like that character that's like you know became like the Freddy Krueger of the franchise and the idea of the Cenobites. And that was like where it was at for me. But then it was like, every time I watched it, it's like the second time I see it, I'm like really intrigued with the puzzle box and like all of the mythology around that and how the Cenobites are kind of collected and how they're not just these creatures from hell. And, you know, I, I agree. I think that if those movies came out now, they would just be a four hour film. I don't yeah. think they would be two separate films. I similarly am like an apologist for like basically every single one of those films, except for the most recent one that like fucking uh, whoever made saw made. I think that film is really bad. I own like all of the DVDs. It was like a crusade of mine for a long time was to just like have every single one of them. But the first two were like the ones I watch not only for UK horror, but just horror in general. I, I think that like all of the acting in them is good. I think all the characters are fucking cool. The, the like the main, I guess like uh, boss guy uh, in like the maze, like the you know the thing sucking the guy's head is like a little weird to me. But like I, I don't care that it's yeah. weird because like it's so cool looking. You know, and like it's saying cool shit and it just kind of is like, I like that like the main boss guy is not just like more crazy than Pinhead or any of the other Cenobites. The sexualization of everything is like fucking awesome. And that's like what I love about Clive Barker is that it's just like, it really is just like shit that he would like fantasize about and have dreams about. And he just made it into like a book and then a movie. So yeah, I, I think it's great. I have like that, like, uh, the image of Frank when it's like, you know, help me, I'm in hell. And uh, anytime we're like painting in somebody's house, that's like an absolute fucking punisher. I will like text that to everybody I'm working with. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm running Hellraiser shit, like on the daily, man. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite all time films. So it was number one with a, with a bullet. Oh yeah. When you asked for a list, like I just put Hellraiser down first and I was like, I'll figure yeah. out the rest later. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely the easiest choice for me too is uh Hellraiser. Honestly, the hardest choice was if I wanted to lock them in together or separate them. And I was like, well, I like Hellbound a little bit more than Hellraiser one slightly, like very slightly, but I do like it more. So I was like, if I had to choose one, Hellbound's what I put, but I'm with like this is exactly what I would have said too. You know, uh this is pretty much what I was gonna get at was they're the same film and uh, I agree hundred percent with what Travis said. If Clive Barker got to make these films today with the way that the movie, like the climate of today's movies just being longer, it definitely would just be like one three hour film. Like he'd cut out a little bit of shit here and there to make it work. But, uh, but no, I just, um, this is one of those films that, like I said, I grew up scared of horror movies and didn't really get like over it to like the two thousands. So Pinhead was always one of those characters that I watched like through my eyes. And like, I saw parts of the films and stuff as a kid. So like, I always thought of him as like a slasher and all this, you know, of course, like kind of what he becomes in, uh, Hellraiser three. And, uh, I uh, so once I finally saw the films, you know, like in my teenage years, because I didn't 
you know, like these definitely didn't take till I was like in my twenties. I finally saw them, you know, like once I started getting into stuff about 13, 14, but, uh, I was like, Holy shit, these are like super deep. And I really loved them. And, you know, especially the, uh, I only saw the first two up until like, actually up until like last year, I just saw, uh, I'd only seen the first two just like watch those on repeat. But, uh, I might've seen the third one when I was younger and stuff, you know, like on TV, but not like memorable or anything. But so I just, uh, but it always just stuck with me of like, not only are these, you know, the Cenobites and the practical uh, makeup on them, like is so amazing, but then the villainy of like Frank and Julia in the first movie and then uh, Julia carrying on into, uh, you know, with Dr. Trenard in the second one, like Julia is just like one of the worst, like, and I mean that in like a compliment uh like a complimentary way when i say she's one of the worst on-screen female characters ever you know like just because like she's a villain to uh um, you know maximum level or whatever but she just uh go ahead the insane thing about julia is like this whole thing like the whole reason that this like hellraiser thing even happens is because she like wants to come again that's it like it literally comes down to like she wants an orgasm so she's like i'm gonna resurrect this fucking guy that like gave me the last one he's i'm gonna kill people to do it and he's fucking coming from hell like the whole thing (laughs) comes down to having an orgasm and it's her husband's brother so it's like Like, that's all that's all it is it's like the hell both the hellraisers exist the first two exist because julia wants to get off yeah and i think that's yep. like i'm like and if and that that's that's clive barker being like funny about it he's just like i'm gonna interject this because that that little detail that like everyone gets it but no one says it but yeah. that's the reason why right. like the hellraiser one and two exist they exist because she wants to come again that's it <laughs> i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> No, and I actually really enjoy it. Now that I've seen them, I actually really enjoy three and four because like three to me is like uh, finally what everybody thought that they were going to get with like when they, you know, when you just hear about Pinhead for years, it's kind of what you think you're going to get is him like walking around shit, hitting everything, him walking around just killing people and shit. And like, that's finally what we got in three. And I kind of like that, you know, to kind of get like a different, you know, fit perfectly in with the nineties, you know, it was at the end of the slasher craze, but at the same time, it's like, uh, what else do you do with Pinhead at that point? So I, and I just like how it kind of like, uh, the movie's dated to the nineties, you know, with like the VCR head and like CD head and shit, but it like, uh, it works to its advantage, you know, like adds that camp feel that like you really want in a lot of slasher films, like to where the first two fit with like that romance and like, like romantic horror, that one kind of fits in with like slumber party massacre and Friday the 13th. And so that's where I like, I really enjoy the third one. And then the fourth one, I, you know just because you hear hellraiser in space like you always keep hearing that and then you finally watch it and you're like well fuck half this movie is in like 1920 or 1815 or whatever <laughs> so, uh plus i'm an adam scott uh fanboy just because of parks and rec and uh other shit that he's been in so i just uh so like i just uh i really enjoyed three and four for what they were of course they're nowhere they don't hold a candle to one and two but um i definitely uh i don't start hating on them until five uh, well, well four, in my opinion, four is where four is the bookend of the actual series. Yeah. Everything else is just stories that happen to have Cenobites. Yeah. And three, three gets a bad rap because I don't think people realize like what three does. I love the idea that three in the end of two, when Dr. Sherrard, whenever he's called, when he's like possessed, I can't remember. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. It's like one of my favorite movies, but when he like, kills the Cenobites and every time he like zaps them they like it reveals more of their human yeah in the third movie it very much like he get like he gets pinhead like the fucking demon gets separated from the human in that and that's why it shows up in that fucking like whatever you want to call that fucking uh, cylinder or some shit yeah Yeah. so when so in the third film you have the human version trying to guide the uh 
what's her name, Joey, like through like handling this, and then you have just a pure demon that of like so the so the character like the 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 characters separated. I love that concept of the third yeah. film. Yeah, same. That you're the, like that pinhead is now like unhinged. Like he's like now, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. And I'm just gonna fucking kill everyone because I don't have anything holding me back. There's no humanity in me that's holding me back. I'm just fucking gonna kill everybody. Yeah, and I love it. And also has one of the best lines when in the third one when uh, she goes to the priest and he and she's like, "There's fucking there's demons chasing me." And she's like, "He's like, child, there is no demons." And then Pinhead blows the door open. And she's like, "Well, then what the fuck is that?" Yeah, that, like the delivery of that is so good. <laughs> yeah, three three rules. It's not nearly as good as the first two, but three three. I, I don't I don't get people I'll argue with people until fucking I'm blue in the face that the uh the third one's great. Yeah. So that's gonna be my I movie agree. of the night. It's probably three, but <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's a solid number one for me. You guys have any more comments on this before we go through just some honorable mentions to end it off? No. Oh yeah. But uh so pretty much to do honorable mentions, I figure we'll just go around in circles and uh we'll just start again with you, John. And uh, if you just want to mention one movie at a time and just be yeah. like a little just to be a little quicker with it, you know, just kind of yeah. say, you know, like either maybe why it didn't reach your list or, you know, just if you want to say a few good things, you don't have to say anything bad or nothing. Uh, the Omen is an honorable mention. I oh. fucking love that movie. But when I was like really sitting down, picking it out, like, I think I, I watch dog soldiers a lot more. Uh, the Omen would have been number five. It, it really came that it was like a last decision. I was like, ah, fine, five dog soldiers. So the Omen's the closest uh, honorable mention I have. And the first film is incredible. So. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What about you, Travis? And if you want to comment uh, on the Omen real quick, I was sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if you want to comment on the Omen no. real quick too, before you go with your pick, that's cool as well. Yeah. I mean, the Omen's great. I think most of my honorable mentions have been mentioned on somebody's list or another. Uh, the only one that it was only an honorable mention because it's not technically a UK film. Cause it was like a French film would be high tension. Hell yeah. No, we'll definitely I, uh, end up doing a French uh, top five eventually for sure. Yeah, so it didn't like I know it's like it's <coughs> European, but uh, yeah, because it wasn't the UK, I just didn't throw it on the list. Fuck yeah, which I, I say we might do a French top five, but then at the same time, I'm like, we'll just be talking about the same five French movies probably for an hour because there's not like for that sure. many French horror movies that people no. are like, fuck yeah. But uh, now, so my next one, uh, so my honorable mention is uh, Kill List, and this is a, a Ben Wheatley film. I don't know if you guys have seen this one, but I fucking absolutely love this film. It's about two guys that go out to uh one of the guys they're pretty much uh hitmen and one of the guys has decided to kind of like call it quits but as he's starting to lose his finances and go broke he like kind of has to you know do something to get money so he uh him and his partner go back in they go to complete a kill list you know which is just like a lineup of people that they're supposed to kill and they're just uh as they're doing it like just weirder shit starts happening and stuff like that so it's a very slow burn it plays out more like a fucking like drama and they all have like super like harsh accents that make you feel like it's like from more like a irish based part of the uk but it's definitely a uk like scott scottish part or something like that but yeah but it's definitely a uk film and this one was going to be in my top five and so i really like just sat down and thought about it uh it was at my number five and then i just i rewatched it recently and the only reason i don't have it at my top five is because there's a lot of beginning stuff that feels more like a television show like it not a television show in a bad yeah. way but it just it's there's a lot of like getting to the horror in this to where like everything else that we mentioned tonight is like uh horror from the rip or at least you know mostly horror so even you know last night in soho is a little bit not more horror but just way less slow burn if that makes sense but sure go ahead john with uh, your uh, next one uh it's irish i think it falls in the uk i well i'm counting it anyway there's a movie called i sell the dead 
came out yeah. in two, 2008. It stars uh, Dominic uh, Monahan and Larry Fessenden. It's got also got Angus Scrim and Ron Perlman in it. It's basically an Abbott and Costello type film about grave robbers. They're grave robbers at first, and then they stumble upon like grave robbing, like more supernatural shit, like vampires and zombies and stuff like that. Yeah, um, has a lot of comedy sprinkled in. It's definitely got its own sense of humor. Um, I feel like some of the UK films have a humor that most American films don't have, and because this is Irish, there's like a little bit. Uh, the humor is a little bit different, but uh, it's not overly funny and not overly scary. It's like a it's like a really good like blend. Um, and I thought I saw it at a film fest and it stuck with me. And I was like waiting for this film to like get released on like Blu-ray so I could buy it. Like it was yeah. one of the, one of the Philly film fest movies. I was like, when this comes out, I have to get this movie. This movie was really good. Um, didn't quite crack the top five, but I watched it all the time. No one I know has ever even seen this fucking movie. I highly recommend it. It's called I, I sell the dead. Oh yeah. Now I'm actually going to write that down. Cause uh, from the cast alone, it sounds like something I would enjoy. So I'll definitely check it out. yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know why I wrote a backwards D, but I'll just make it a lowercase D. But uh, <laughs> well, uh, so what about you, Travis? You got uh, any more honorable mentions on your list? I know you said most of them were kind of already mentioned. So. Yeah, uh, there was a film. I think it came out a few years ago. It's called Get Duked. Fuck yeah! Uh, I think I think it's Scottish. It's uh, if you guys haven't seen it, it's about these kids that like they go out and they have they're like on this quest to like you know uh they gotta like do community service or some shit and then there's like this legend that there's like a a duke that you know kills people and uh you know chaos ensues and it's actually it's like a pretty great film i was surprised by it i threw it on i think it was like on hulu or amazon or some shit and i threw it on with very low expectations and uh it's something i've actually gone back to a few times and uh i considered watching it just the other day uh, which is why it got an honorable mention because I'm like, I keep coming back to it. Okay. Now I think that's an Amazon prime original. Cause I've seen it out there several times and always considered watching it, but yeah. I never got a, a, a nod towards it. But now that you gave it a, you know, positive review, it's, it's I'll definitely good. check it out. Yeah. Okay. It's good. Okay. And my final, uh, my final honorable mention, because like I said, most of my stuff was mentioned, you know, I had to omen down what you mentioned, uh, the descent 28 days uh, and Hellraiser one, just in case, you know, we didn't do the pairing up of movies, but I'm always down for that as well. But uh, so my final one is uh, his house. And I'm sure that you guys might have seen this one, but this was a Netflix release like a few years, like two, 2020, I believe. And it's about these this uh, couple that are uh, this refugee couple that I can't remember where they're coming from, but uh they come from somewhere and they pretty much become refugees in the UK. And this is the one that I was mentioning that had Matt Smith in it as well. And pretty much uh, they move into a house. They get, they, they come as refugees in the UK and they get uh, put in housing and they like have to live there and like, you know, just behave and be, you know, good people or whatever uh, in order to stay there for free and like do the, like follow the rules pretty much. But the house that they got put in is haunted and uh, so they're like dealing with a haunting the whole time they're in there and shit like that. And it's probably one of the it's probably the scariest Netflix original movie I've seen um, mm-hmm. and definitely pretty like just scary, like uh, in general for like a movie of the past few years. Like it's got some genuine creepy moments, at least in my like it felt very much like uh, a UK version of that movie Terrified without being like quite as scary as Terrified. But wow. it definitely definitely had some moments so that got got to me for sure. But uh no, I highly recommend it, and I really enjoyed it. And it's got some twists and turns as well that really like uh, st- stick out. But um, and this was a directorial debut from uh, I want to say his name is Rami Weeks, but that sounds like 
sounds like a character in South Park. So, but uh, no, this is uh, I highly recommend this movie. I fucking loved it. It was top. It was second to Possessor for me in 2020 when I did my top ten list. I think I think it yeah. it probably would have got bumped down to three if I had seen Uncle Peckerhead in top in 2020, but I didn't see it until 2021. So, uh, but you know that's because of Uncle Peckerhead being so fun, not necessarily being a better film. So right. Uh, but yeah, his house was fucking excellent. And it's still on Netflix. So I recommend anybody that hasn't seen it, check it out. So I will add it to the list. It's oh, a yeah. great film. I liked it. Sure. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Fuck you. But any more from you guys? I think I'm good. Oh, yeah. I'm good. No, nah, no. Nah, next month we'll probably just do, uh, uh, you know, news and reviews, but, you know, because there's uh, nothing really special set up. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Have a good uh, night and the rest of your week. Hey, you too. Yeah. Later, See you. Later on, guys. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Jay Schwarzer, bass player for the band Cancer Bats, as well as Julian the Wrong Guys. And don't forget that if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for $2 a month over on Patreon. The link for that is in the description. Also, go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. Thank you guys again so much and stay safe.